Welcome to the Coloring Chaos Podcast. My name is Jonah, and I'm recording this in Macomb, Michigan. Now, I gotta be honest with you, I've been wanting to say this for a while now, but it's I don't necessarily live in Macomb, but I do live in Macomb County. And so I'll just leave that there. If this is your first time, it is an honor that you are here. And even if this isn't your first time, it's still an honor you're here. But no matter where you're at right now, Color and Chaos exists for you. Whether you are right now at the highest of highs and you are just flying high, you are happy, you are joy-filled, or if right now you're in the deepest valley and you are just feeling so overwhelmed and numb and just hurt and heavy, no matter where you're at, Color and Chaos exists for you. And one of the, the, the things that I love to do the most out of everything I do on this podcast is to pray for you. And I don't just mean that just to say it, but I, I truly am honored to be able to speak you know, words of healing, words of life over you, no matter where today finds you. And so I would be honored to pray for you. And even if right now you're listening or watching this and you do not have a walk with with the Lord, maybe you are a self-proclaimed atheist or agnostic, or, or maybe you once believed in Jesus, but now you don't really know where he's at. No matter where you're at, you are welcome to be a part of this. And the fact that you are here, I would say, is the Spirit of God working in your life, whether you acknowledge it or not. And so again, I would love to pray for you no matter where you're at. So here, let's pray as we walk in to today's episode. All right, Lord God, we look to you, we long for you, and we need you. Jesus, please just shine a light on our heart, shine a light on our lives. Lord, help help us see you more clearly. Help us experience you more clearly. Help us have a passion and a desire to know your word and to live out your ways, God. Please help us be a more surrendered vessel for you and for your kingdom. Help us uh, not be so overwhelmed or so just callous towards you, but let us just be so responsive, just like moldable clay that can just be laid out for you to use. Lord, just please help us just respond to you today. And Lord, for those that are listening or watching this that do not yet have a relationship with you, Lord, just please become real and relevant in their lives and overwhelm them with a sense of your presence, a sense of your peace, and a sense of your realness. Lord, we need you. And it's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. If I'm honest with you, it truly blows my mind that we have been doing this for 88 episodes. Some of you may have joined recently, so you may not remember all the 88 episodes, but for me, I remember the 88 episodes. There is so much times that sometimes I'll just put on one of my old episodes or put on a, a recent episode and listen to it. And it's not because I'm, I'm full of myself or just trying to hear myself or anything anything like that, but I'm truly just blown away. I'm blown away at what the Lord can do with us. I know my weaknesses. I know my insecurities. I know the things that I struggle with, that I wrestle with. I know the I know the ways that, that I fight the Lord whenever I feel the Lord putting in my heart to say something or do something. I, I know that. I know that about myself. But there's a specific set of episodes that stand out to me. And 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 it was towards the beginning of the podcast. I think I believe it was episode eleven was the first part of this series. Uh, but the series was called Patchwork. And within that series, I go through my life, I go through from childhood to then present day, which would be about two years ago, um, but still present day. And I go through just my journey, my, my story, you know, what made me me and, and what, what led me to where I'm at right now. And specifically episode 12, if there's an episode I can re- recommend to anybody, 
and, and that, that captures the heartbeat of this whole podcast. It would be episode 12. Recently, I read this quote, and it really stood out to me, but it was by John Wesley, and he says this. He says, light yourself on fire with passion, and people would come from miles to watch you burn. If there's a word that I've heard people describe me as, it's passionate, passionate. Jonah, there's a passion about you. You know, I love listening to you or watching you because there's a passion. What blows my mind about those statements is that I know who I was before what I talked about in episode 12, that, that, that moment when, when I said, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I knew who I was. And guys, I was not passionate before that. I was not passionate. If anything, I was just this scared, insecure kid that resorted to humor in order to, you know, cover up the uncomfortabilities that I was going through in life. And, and, and I resorted to humor to try to diffuse situations and tensions, not only within myself, but around me. I wanted to belong. I wanted to, I, I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be loved. I, I knew even then that I was the, I was the kid that would stay awake a lot of nights and just be thinking through my head of all the things I could have done better throughout my day and 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 a kid that was plagued by anxiety anxiety everybody deals with but as a kid I, I know looking back I dealt with it a lot and a lot of it would would start to come out at night I would just be laying in bed and I, I would just my mind would be going 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 and, and I would start thinking and, and 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 thinking through conversations or or things that were coming up and just feeling just kind of plagued by that you know there's so much that, that made me who I was, but at the end of the day, passionate is not a word that I would have used to describe me. But then the question that many people follow up with, they're like, okay, you know, if you're saying that you weren't passionate, what changed to bring this passion that clearly is seen and communicated? And the answer to that goes back to June 2011. That year, 2011, was a whirlwind of a year. You know, right now, we're living in 2020. I'm recording this in 2020. 2020 has been a whirlwind as well. But for me, if I would, if I would say that there was a year that was a whirlwind, it would be 2011. And the reason why is because there was a period of four months leading up to June 2011 that just everything that I held so near, everything that was like a pillar of my identity, who made me me, Everything that held me together just fell apart. And it all started back in March 2011. And I've talked about this before. And again, if you want any more details, you can check out episode 12 of, uh, of uh, this podcast. And I go more into detail. But in March, I found out my parents were getting the divorce and just all the brokenness that goes with that. And so much more behind the scenes. And it was just like mind boggling because I just never would have thought that I would be in a position that I was in March 2011. In April, I was dating a woman and I just I just couldn't shake the feeling that we needed a breakup. It was the weirdest thing in the world. And, you know, looking at it now, I know the Lord was was moving things into his proper position in order for me to be his and for me to see him without any of the any of the fog that sometimes we we put in our lives that prevent us from truly experiencing and knowing our God. And, and that relationship was one of those fogs. And I'm not saying anything bad about her. I'm just saying that's what it was for me. And there's a quote by Martin Luther. He says, whatever your heart confides in and finds comfort in, that is your God. And I know that relationship was a, a God in my life at that point. And so March was the divorce. 
April was the breakup, and then May was just, I just felt so alone. I felt so just abandoned and isolated, and I felt so overwhelmed and numb. May 2011 was the very first time in my life that I ever thought about suicide. And up to that point, I don't know if it ever crossed my mind. I mean, I knew it existed. There was people in my classes um, that, that have taken their life up to that point. Um, but but I never I never really thought about it like, you know, wow, that's something that I could think about, you know, or even do. But I remember May 2011, I just felt so overwhelmed. And I remember laying in bed one night and just thinking, you know, what is the reason of even living? You know, I just feel like everything around me has been taken away. My, my close friends at that point, um, because of the whole breakup with the woman that I was dating at that time. Uh, they just didn't really know what to do. They didn't want to appear as if they're taking sides. And so they just kind of withdrew a little bit from me. I know me talking about now, it just doesn't sound like that much. But what I have to remember is that when somebody's telling their story is that it's real. It's real. It's not just a story. It happened. Like emotions were present and hearts were were heavy and there was a there was a mind that was so convoluted and and just polluted by all the toxic thoughts that that comes to us as humans and and that that's no different in May 2011 i didn't know it then but one of the ways that i processed was writing songs writing raps and so this was a this was a song that i didn't even write but one that i just i just communicated from my heart i'm so glad i did because it's it's just like a a testament of where i was at the, the, the month right before my life changed. So this is where did life go? I'm gonna listen to this with you. Um, so if you're watching this, you know, it might be a little awkward because you're just like watching me like be still, but I'll be listening to this with you. And so again, this is where did life go? And I recorded this around May, 2011. <laughs> Welcome to the blue red skyline where everything else is fine. Yeah, I got a hole in my heart and it's made on my own time. I had a girl, but now she's gone. I tried to do it by myself, but I don't know where I went wrong. Man, I miss my bros. They used to be right next to me. Now my best friend calls me saying he wants to be away from me. I thought they were my homies. I thought I could count on the backs But now I'm looking in the sky and all I see is black I used to have it all, but now I feel so fast I wish I could get back up and just to get a grasp I thought I had it, I guess I was wrong Nobody tells you you gone until you fall Yeah I was somebody you wish you were but everything happens so fast that it's just a blur I used to have everything a guy wanted Good looks, good girl, good friends, all got it But now I'm broken and I'm looking at my mirror like What the heck happened? I can't see any clearer Cause my friend said that he doesn't need me in his life And my girl, I left cause I thought I'd be alright now I'm thinking what I do, man I'm thinking where I'm going I thought I would be a millionaire, but I've blown it in my bank account I'm a broke, I thought I'm a joke I don't know where everybody says they going They got no money left, yeah I'm living like I don't know nothing 
I'm not learning from my past mistakes Why am I bluffing? I feel like I'm going too fast Gotta slow down I don't know where I'm going I need a map to get next town Cause I'm stuck right here Gotta get up here Cause I feel like I drank too many beers And feel like a little kid in my little toy house And then I'm on And then I'm getting older My mama tells me it's a phase But I know faces don't come and go Like good grades Where did life go? Whatever happened to it? I think I lost it Talking about my life I think I sold it yeah, so so weird, so weird looking back on that because I almost feel like I was a different person, but I I know I'm not. You know, like even listening to that, there's so many words that stood out to me. Broke, broken. Um, I talked a lot about like the whole imagery of of being you know broken when it comes to finances. Like, where do you go when you have no money left? Like, when you have nothing else to to do nowhere else to go you know where does life go at that point you know is there any hope is there any solution and what I didn't know then as I was you know there and I was just like pouring out my heart what I didn't know is what our God knows even when we feel like we know nothing and what I didn't know is what the Lord had planned even though I had no idea where where anything good could come from where I was at. There's a quote from a book I've been reading recently by uh, by the, the writer Chad Johnson. He used to be the former A&R guy for the record company Tooth & Nail, one of my favorite record companies. Um, so many artists from that label that really uh, has, has just meant so much to me, especially in my walk with Jesus. But um, Chad Johnson, he left Tooth & Nail and um, he went on this journey of just being obedient to the Lord, and he wrote this book, and it's called 1,000 Risk. And he said this, he says, God knows everything, and he has no trouble connecting dots in the same way that is otherwise inexplainable by my finite understanding. And he was just talking about how he looks back on his life, and there's so many moments where he just didn't know where anything good could come from where he was at or what he was struggling with. But he was just saying, you know, God can do literally Ephesians 3.20 immeasurably more than anything we can ask or imagine according to his power and his glory that, that is proclaimed throughout the generations. And in and, and May 2011, Jonah, he was asking the question, where, where does life go? Where, where, where do I go from this? And if only I knew the power of my God then, then I wouldn't have even asked that question. The, the month of May was one of those moments, uh, again, I've already shared, but that, that not only was I thinking about suicide, but I was just asking questions for the first time in my life. Like, you know, you know, there's a difference of just asking like questions and more of the soul questions. That you, you know those questions that when you're alone, they start to come out and it sometimes is uncomfortable. And, and, it's, and it's just like those crazy questions of like, who am I? You know, what is the purpose of living? You know, was I created or am I an accident? Um, is there a God and does he care? Um, if there is a God, you know, what is his role? Like, what is he doing? You know, uh, uh, even those questions of like, who created God? You know, those those type questions, I'm a firm believer that when we're alone, they will come to the forefront of our mind. But we as, as people, as broken people, th- because those questions are so uncomfortable and they demand an answer, they really do. They demand an answer. 
And, and because they're so uncomfortable, we'll do everything we can to numb ourselves and to run away from those questions. Why? Because they're uncomfortable and they demand an answer. But me, in, in May 2011, I, I wasn't just satisfied with just numbing myself because if anything, everything that I used to numb myself was taken away from me. You know, friendships, you know, just calling a friend saying, hey, you know, can I come over? Can we talk or whatever? You know, uh, can we shoot the breeze on the phone? You know, those were a escape mechanism for me when I ha would have those heavy questions. The night that I had uh, those suicidal thoughts and then I heard my parents arguing downstairs, that was the night that in my head I had this like loop playing. You know, sometimes when you're just like thinking the same thing and it's just like on loop in your head. But I had this loop in my head of like, whenever you reach your end, turn to Jesus. Whenever you reach your end, turn to Jesus. And I remember that night just thinking about that and saying, well, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that makes sense. I got nothing to lose. You know, I feel like I've already lost everything. And so at that night, I remember I, I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't honestly know. I, I never really opened up the Bible on my own at that point. I opened up my Bible for like Sunday school or to get something um, or because I was curious of something. I, I've opened up my Bible before then for that, but I never truly opened the Bible seeking the heart of God. Never, never. I grew up in the Bible Belt in South Carolina. And I never opened up my Bible really saying, God, I just want to know you. I want to know you. But it was always some other ulterior motive. And I remember that night, I didn't know where even my copy of the Bible was. But on my, my iPod, I had an iPod Touch. And I had an app, a Bible app. And I, I got, on my, got, got on my iPod and I, I turned to the Bible app. And I just had the Bible app because I felt like that was a cool thing to have, you know, you know, when people are like, hey, let's show me your iPod. Let me see what apps you got. You know, they'll see the Bible and, you know, maybe think a lot better of me or, or whatever crap, you know, we think in those moments. But I, I just had the Bible for that reason. It wasn't for, to read it. It was just to be cool. And but I remember I turned to the Bible app and one of the first verses that stood out to me, I don't know if it was highlighted that day or something, but it was, it was like Psalms 139. And to, the, to this day, Psalms 139 is one of my favorite passages in all the Bible, specifically verse 23 to 24. And it was, you know, the whole Psalm, he's talking about how, um, you know, God knows us and that he cares for us and that, you know, even when we were in our mother's womb, he knew and he, and he, he was there and he cares and everything. And it goes down to verse 23, 24. And David says this, he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in your way everlasting. And again, going back to that whole idea of passion, you want to know why I'm passionate? You want you know why I'm passionate about Jesus? It's because he cares. He cares. Because I remember that night in May 2011, being there in bed, and I read that verse, and I was thinking literally, like, my God, my, my own parents, it, it, right now don't even care about my anxious thoughts. They have their own anxious thoughts. How can they fully be present within my anxious thoughts when they're dealing with their own anxious thoughts? My own parents don't even fully know or can wrap their head around my brokenness because they're dealing with their own brokenness. But literally, my God, you, you put on David's heart. He was so moved in that moment as he was writing to you that he said, God, search me. Search me, oh God. He doesn't just call out to you as a concept. He calls out to you as like a, a person, as a being. He says, oh God, you search me, oh God. Know my heart. 
Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The, the other thing that stood out to me in that passage was that David recognized that he had anxious thoughts. And as the kid who struggled with anxiety all his life, and he didn't even really know that was the word, when I read the word, as I was reading that passage, I was just thinking, you know, literally, my God, who are you that you care about my anxious thoughts? You care about my anxious thoughts. But David feels safe enough to invite you into it. You know, I, I had this whole idea, this false notion of God, of Jesus, that no, 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 you don't go to Jesus with your problems. You don't go to Jesus with your sins. You don't go to Jesus with, you know, what, what what's producing anxiety within you, but you only go to Jesus whenever, you know, you're doctored up. You know, I mean, talking about the Bible Belt, you would only go to church when you were dressed up. You know, what type of crap is that? David wasn't dressed up when he was talking to God in this moment. Not at all. He, he, was, he was saying, look, I am ugly mess right now because I'm thinking about how the fact that you care. And so God, God who cares, come into my, my messy process right now. And, and God, I don't, I'm not only inviting you into this messy process, but I want you. I want you into this messy process because I realize that you care. So again, I can talk so much about Psalms 139, 20, 23, 24, but that was my month of May. I remember reading that passage, then I read the passage of Jonah. Goodness gracious, the whole chapter of Jonah, you know, Jonah 1, I think through 4, I think it's four chapters in Jonah, (laughs) goodness gracious, you know, putting me on the spot, the camera's recording, you know, but like, you know, I remember reading even Jonah during the month of May and being like, literally like, wow, this is me. This isn't just talking about some guy who lived, you know, way back in the day. This isn't just folklore. Like, I see myself in this. And so anyway, in the month of May, I just had this passion for the word of God. And I didn't even know the word passion. And I don't even think I would have called it the word of God. I just knew like, wow, like this is like real. Like you are showing me more about yourself, God, through this. And so that leads into the, the, the month of June. I'm 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 still broken. I'm still wrestling with that brokenness. I'm still wrestling with all the feelings and and stresses and anxieties that come from that. So going into the month of June, you know that quote from Andrew Peterson, you know, we ache for what is lost. That was me going into June 2011. I was aching for something that was lost, and I knew I wasn't aching for the lost relationship that I had with the girl that I was previously dating. I know it wasn't that I was longing for my family to be put back together and to be made whole again. It, it wasn't necessarily all all of that. It was it was a longing to go way beyond anything earthly, anything that this world can offer me. It wasn't even just for longing for a peace or longing for a friend. It wasn't even just that. I was just longing for more, and I couldn't put my finger around what I was truly longing for, which even that blows my mind because I was reading the Bible for like a month at that point. I was reading the words of Jesus, and I was just like, wow, like my God, you know, goodness gracious, like you know, like you are, you are the real deal. Like I, I saw how Jesus was interacting with people in, in, in the word and the gospels and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, and you're seeing how Jesus just, you know, the wisdom of him. And I'm, I'm just thinking like, literally like, wow, like you are wise. And then I get to the whole crucifixion and Jesus giving his life as a sacrifice for our sins. And then I get to the resurrection And it's just blowing my mind that, like, God, I am the one that put you on that cross. 
Like it wasn't, it wasn't Pilate, it wasn't the Jews, it was me, it was us, it was humanity. So June 2011, I, 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 I still don't know specifically what day in June, but I did remember writing on my iPod Touch a note in the notes section, the, the, the moment after I asked Jesus to be Lord of my life. And the, 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 the date on that, on that note is June 6th. Now anytime you make any edits to the note, um, then it'll update the date. So it was somewhere around June 6th, somewhere around the time that I'm recording this now. But I remember that that day I was on the phone with the girl that I broke up with and I was still friends with her. I didn't want to be a jerk. Um, and, and I still, I, she was like my best friend. She was the only one I could talk to at this point, you know? And so I was talking to her and she shared how there's a teacher at the high school and they started texting and they're about to go on a date. And I was just like freaking out and I was just like pleading with her. I was like, please, please, please don't do this. Like this is stuff you see on the news, you know, like, you know, at that time, I think we were 16, 17 and I was just like, no, 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 don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. And she was like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, I remember that night. I remember getting off the phone and I was done. I was done. I, I didn't. I had I, I had no mental, emotional capacity to even process everything that just transpired on the phone call. And I remember I went to bed and I was laying in bed. I was literally in the fetal position like a fetus just rocking back and forth, just laying in bed, rocking back and forth. And all that I can muster in that broken state was, Lord, take this from me. And even someone who doesn't profess Jesus to be Lord, they still, when when they go through something, immense pain or something that they even just, you know, flippantly just throughout their day, they'll be like, oh, Jesus, you know, whenever they stub their toe, whatever. I feel like there's something deep behind us calling out the name of Jesus. I don't think it's just because it's a curse word or it's just a word that comes to your mind. You know, it's not just a flippant word, but I think it's because the heart of every person is crying out for their God, literally. And, and, and I know that night, that was all I could do. I was just calling out. I was just saying, Lord, take this from me. I knew enough about Jesus from reading his word to know that he was there. And, and I didn't have enough faith to truly just like say, okay, yes, you are here right now in my room. But I had this like small enough faith, like a childlike faith to in that moment, just say, Lord, take this from me. And it's crazy because I didn't know the passage in the Bible that said, you know, even if you have a faith like a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. And Jesus literally said that, you know, and, and I didn't know the passages like, you know, in Hebrews when it says without faith, it's impossible to please God. I didn't even know any of that. Honestly, I don't even think I really knew what faith was. I, I've heard it talked about, but I didn't really fully understand it. But in that moment, it was crazy because like everything within me was crying out with a faith that I didn't even know I had. And I was saying, Lord, take this from me. And I remember that going on and going on. And oh man, I just felt so overwhelmed, so broken. I, I didn't know what else to do. I was literally going insane. And I remember feeling led. And I use that word led because it was something outside of myself to, to do something that I necessarily didn't want to do. In that moment, I felt led to get out of bed and to just get on my get on my knees. And I didn't want to do that because that night I remember it being cold. I don't know why it was cold in June. South Carolina weather is really weird. Um, but I remember it being cold that night. And I didn't want to get out of bed because like even though I was, I think I was on top of my covers, I still had the covers around me. But, but long story short, I got out of bed anyway. 
And so I was like, I couldn't really shake it. So I got out of bed. I got on my knees. And to my knowledge that I can remember, that was the first time I ever got myself on my knees. And when I was younger, I would get myself on my knees and pray and everything. But this was the first time, like, really getting on my knees with everything. Not just doing it because somebody told me to or I thought that I should. But I was doing it just because I was like, okay, I got I got nothing and I'm here. I'm present. And I wasn't just getting on my knees just being like, well, nobody, nobody's here. I'm just doing this to do this, to make myself feel better. But I was getting on my knees because I was just like, okay, God, you have to be here right now. Like, I, I, I have nothing else. God, I'm crying out to you as if you are here. Like, so even if you're not here, God, I'm saying you are here because I, I, I need you right now. And so I'm on my knees and I remember what came across my mind. And this is crazy. I remember... I remember I saw this video on YouTube around that time of those four months and there's a politician in the 80s. He got accused of some stuff. I think it was some like financial scandal or something and um, he was accused of it and he kept saying, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm innocent and they were like, no, you're guilty, you're guilty. So long story short, he calls a press conference and he has envelopes. He hands out these envelopes and is to the, to the press and then he has one envelope himself. And in the envelope is a revolver. And he pulls out the revolver and he shoots himself on live television. And around this time, I saw that video on YouTube. And, and the cameras were still rolling through it all. So I literally, like, at that around that time, saw a man kill himself. And I saw the blood coming out of his nose. And it was just, like, crazy. And at that moment on my knees, that was what came to my mind. And, and, and it wasn't that I wanted to kill myself. It wasn't. It was that I wanted to stop living. That's the best way I could describe it. I wanted to stop this cycle, this loop of brokenness that I felt within me and that I experienced around me. And I knew in that moment that I just, I can't leave this floor the same man that I came to this floor as. And at that moment, I remember just literally just, just crying out to God and, and the snot coming out of my nose and just the tears that were falling was the equivalent of what I saw that politician do on the press conference when he shot himself, of just the blood and everything. And I was just, I was just so overwhelmed and so just moved by my own brokenness. And and I don't know, even now I gotta calm down, but I don't know if you've ever experienced this, especially when you're sick. Have you ever had tunnel vision? You know, like you're so overwhelmed, you're so sick. Maybe you're so hot or whatever, and you just get this tunnel vision. Like even your sense of, of sight starts to narrow. And it's almost like you're going blind in a, in a way. Like you're, you're so focused that you're just tunnel visioned. At that moment on my knees, I, I started getting that tunnel vision. And, and I just, I stopped seeing my room around me. And I started, it, it was just like I was focusing in. And on that, in that moment, I remember, I remember all that I can capture of how I was feeling was this. I remember I was, I was like literally saying within my heart, Lord, if you can do something with this life, you can have it. You can have it. I got nothing left. I got nothing left. And I remember in that moment, around, right around that time that I said, Lord, if you can do something with this life, you can have it. I remember just in that moment, I, I, I can't explain it, guys. In that moment, I went from brokenness and just, I, I felt so just ugly and, and broken over my sin and the sin around me. I just was weeping because of the sorrow of my heart. But I went from that, I went from sorrow to joy. 
and and joy was beyond anything that I've ever experienced on this planet up to that point. And I've I've gotten you know the birthday gift that you wanted. I've gotten you know that relationship that you were like, oh man, I can't believe that they like me. You know, I can't believe they want to be with me. And the best way I could describe it is that joy is a peace that surpasses all external circumstances. Because in that moment, I remember when I received that joy, I went from weeping because I was sad to weeping because I was happy. Like I was laughing. And I remember even in that moment thinking in my head, talking to myself in my head, I was like, you know, this is crazy. Like nothing has changed. Like my external circumstances, that is. You know, the girl's still going on a date with the coach. You know, like my, my parents are still getting divorced. You know, there's still brokenness around all of that. My parents are probably even still arguing downstairs. You know, nothing has changed. But like the only thing that has changed is like, God, I feel you. God, you are here. And I remember I went from like weeping because of sorrow to weeping because of joy. And I remember bowing down, like bowing, like what I would see on TV or hear people talk about, you know, like, you know, in my mind, what comes to the image at that time was like monks that were bowing down. And I was just bowing down with this awe and reverence and just humility that I never had before that moment. And I was just worshiping the, my God. And I was just saying, Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And outside my my mouth as I was speaking, it was like gibberish. I was just like, Bleh. I was like a baby that was just like sobbing and overwhelmed. But inside, I it was just like the most pure worship I've ever experienced in my life. It was just like all that I was thinking about was Jesus. All that I was, I was speaking, not just to a concept or, or, or something to make me feel better. I was speaking to a person like he was in my room. Like he had to be in my room. I, I just felt so overwhelmed with something I never experienced before. And I remember that like a couple years ago, I went to a, a park outside of Detroit. It's called Belle Isle. And I went to Belle Isle and I met this guy. I took his picture and he was an atheist. And he's like, hey, you're a pastor. Let me talk to you. Let me ask you questions. We talked for like an hour. He's like, without using the Bible, I want you to prove to me that God exists. And, you know, I, I go through all the different things and stuff. And and he's just not having it. He's not having it. And it comes down to a point. We get right back to where we started the walk. And he's like, well, you haven't satisfied my questions or my you haven't given me answers to what I wanted. And I said, you know, you know what? And, and I was kind of like frustrated at this point. I, and I wasn't frustrated at him. I was just frustrated that whole just mindset, you know. And I said, you know what? You know, you you answer me. You answer me this question. I said in the moment that I asked Jesus to be Lord of my life, I had no hope. And the moment I cried out Jesus, I received hope. You tell me where that hope comes from. Because if a human mind could give hope, then there would be no suicides. If the human mind can produce a solution to those negative emotions, then, you know, we should be able to do anything. Again, there would be no suicides. And, and the moment that I asked him that question, I said, tell me, where did that hope come from? And I wasn't, I wasn't being rude or anything. I was just being, I was saying, hey, look, I'm asking you a question now. Where did that hope come from? He didn't have an answer. But I can tell you right now, even recording this podcast, that answer is Jesus. If you're longing for a hope during these times that we are in, if you're longing for a joy, and, and a joy, again, that peace that goes beyond external circumstances, if you're longing for love, for, for instance, I have 1 John 
1 John 4 out right now, like in his Bible. And this is what it says, 1 John 4, verse 10. It says this, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and set his son to, as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And, and then verse 12, you know, 1 John 5, 12, whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have God's son does not have life. Like guys, like if you're, whatever you're longing for can be found in Jesus, so going back to the whole idea of passion, you know, Jonah, you're passionate. I'm passionate because I've experienced true love, true hope, true joy, true friendship, true f- fellowship. It just doesn't make sense without Jesus. It doesn't. This whole life, <laughs> this whole life, this quote from Chad Johnson, I wanted to share this. Jesus loved us in confusion and he loves us in stability. His life on earth was repeatedly shared with the ones who were judged, marginalized, and shunned by the religious elite. Not for a second in any of these encounters, and he, he talked about different encounters that he had with people, did Jesus give me the impression that people were a problem that he was afraid of. All this to say, growing is necessary and required. I have a long road ahead of me, but as long as growth happens, I'm ecstatic at the prospect of loving more and not less. God, give us a passion for you. You don't have to be a a speaker to have a passion. You don't have to have a platform to have a passion. You just have to know Jesus. Passion comes when you know Jesus. There's a quote by an artist. He, his name's Kevin Burgess, but he goes by the name KB. He's a, he's a, he's a rapper and a, and a speaker, but he said this in one of his songs. He says, a lot of people have said they've seen the Lord, but the Lord isn't what they've seen. Because once you've seen the Lord, you are obsessed with what you have seen. And he's saying, look, like it's not enough just to say, oh yeah, I know Jesus. If we don't have the joy of, of knowing Christ, then there's something wrong. There's something missing. If we don't have the love of Jesus, then there's something wrong. There's something missing. If we don't have the passion that comes from knowing Jesus, then there's something wrong. There's something missing. And this is not to beat you up if you feel like you don't have that. Because I'll be honest with you, there's days that I don't have this passion. There's days I don't have this love, this joy. But but at the end of the day, like I realize, like, okay, It's not about me, but it's all about you and God. Your word says I can come to you. I can approach your throne with a confidence and I can pray and I can ask. I say, God, fill me with what I lack. I I realize that in my lack, I have a need that only he can fill. My lack reminds me that, Lord, it is you that fills me, not myself. The, the, the color and the chaos, the color and the lack isn't in me filling my cup, but it's in coming to you empty handed saying, Lord, fill my cup because I am nothing apart from you. That's the gospel is us coming to the Lord on his terms and him freeing us from what we can't free ourselves from. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not come to condemn the world, but that the world would be saved through him. Heavy heart. If you feel like you are lacking today, the reality is, I've said this before, it's because you are, you are. But that's a beautiful invitation for him to fill you with more of his fullness and for you to surrender more of yourself and your lack. There is a joy, there's a passion, there's a love that comes from knowing Jesus. 
Perfect love casts out all fear. And the way that we know perfect love is by coming to him, coming to him. At 1 John 4, 17, it says this, and as we love in God, our love grows more perfect. The more that we know Jesus, the more that we realize literally, oh my God, you can have all of me because you deserve all of me. <laughs> You've purchased all of me through what you did on the cross. So all that to say, guys, I know this is long-winded and I want to wrap this up. I want to wrap this up with something that I wrote that day that I asked Jesus to be Lord of my life. And I remember writing this. At that time, I again, I didn't know all the terminology. I didn't know what the Bible talked about, about being born again. I didn't know all the terminology, but I knew something crazy happened on that floor when I got back into bed and I wrote this. I said, Jonah, everything will be okay. It's funny when you stop to think about it. Stop, think. You will look back at this and laugh because God is taking care of you. You are an amazing person and you will be happy. Even that. I didn't feel like an amazing person when I got down on my knees, but when I got off of my knees, I felt so loved. I felt so worthy. I felt so just, I felt, I felt forgiven. I felt loved. I felt accepted. I felt a worth, a value, you know, that went beyond my lack of, you know, I said, you are an amazing person. You will be happy. Everything comes to those who wait. Everything is already planned and ready. There is no need to worry. God is already taking care of it all. You are special. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. And then I went on to say, you will love with an amazing girl. <laughs> God has already taken care of it all. You are special. Praise God. You have a future and a purpose. I got down on my knees. You heard the song that I recorded earlier. I said, where does life go from here? But then I got off of my knees saying, there is a future. Why? Because Jesus, you are in it. So heavy heart, all that to say is that no matter where today finds you, may we become even more passionate in saying, Lord, show me more of you. Help me go to your word, not just seeking an answer, but seeking your face. <laughs> there's a joy, there's a passion that comes from knowing Jesus. Everything good you see in me is not me. It's the Lord working through me. On my own, I am a jar of clay as the Bible says itself. And that's not, you know, beating myself up or anything like that. Again, my identity isn't who, in who I am. My identity is in who Jesus is. So my worth isn't what I can do or not do or what I say about myself, but my worth is what God says about me. You know, all that is say is that heavy heart, if you feel overwhelmed today, today is a day to respond. God has given you breath to respond. We can respond to all the chaoses around us, both on a nation and a global scale, and even on a personal level. What's going on in your heart today? We can respond by just saying, Jesus, Jesus, have your will and way. So here, let's pray as we invite the Lord to do in a mighty work in your heart and life today. So Lord Jesus, just thank you so much that you give us a passion so that when we burn up for you, that other eyes and heavy hearts would not just see us, but see the eternal, loving creator, savior, and sustainer the only judge that is worthy to judge, the only God who, who is able to save. Lord, you are the Lord of lords and the King of kings. So Lord, unite us for a passion for your word and a passion for surrender to your son, Jesus. Lord, help us live by your spirit that becomes alive within us, that makes a home within us when we surrender our lives to you. 
Jesus, I pray right now for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to pour upon those that are listening or watching this. Lord, take us deeper. Lord, you know the ways that I lack. You know the ways that I cry out for even more of you. Lord, fill me with your fullness. Fill us with your fullness. Lord, help us love as you have loved us. Help us have a joy that goes beyond anything this world can give or take away. Lord, give us a worth and identity wrapped around you, Jesus, the eternal one. Lord, we pray for all the conflict and chaoses in the lives of those that are listening or watching this, or even myself, Lord, that, that our chaos will find our answer when the answer is you. Our answer is you, Jesus. The answer is you. So Lord, help us. Help us respond today. Lord, again, for those that are feeling heavy and that they, 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 they want to feel a forgiveness, they want to feel a love. Maybe there's something that they've done or something that they just know. They just know that they have never asked you for that forgiveness that they long for. Lord, may they have the courage right now, even as I'm speaking, to cry out and say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. I know all of my sins were put on you on the cross. And even though I don't have, they, they, they may not have the faith of, of a mountain yet, but even if they have that little faith like a child, Lord, that is enough to, to cast out all of that fear and all of that condemnation that they are feeling. Perfect love casts out fear. So Lord, right now, Lord, forgive those that are asking for forgiveness, Lord, because at the end of the day, Lord, you've already given them the forgiveness that they long for and is found on the cross. So Jesus, thank you. Lord, thank you that you give us life, that life is found in you. I'm reminded of your word. You talk about this in First John 5 verse 12. It says this, whoever has the son has life. Whoever has the son has life. So Lord, we are thanking you that you give us the life that we long for. Not just this temporary blessings that we get so distracted by. It's not about this. It's not about what we have here and now, but it's about you. So Lord, just take away everything from our lives that is preventing us from experiencing you. Lord, help us keep our eyes on you. Lord, hold our hand as we fall and hold our hand as we rise. Lord, just hold our hand be with us lead us search us oh god know our heart test us and know our anxious thoughts see if there's any offensive way in us and lead us in your way everlasting so lord we ask this in your name and we surrender amen amen Woo! amen heavy heart you are not alone there is hope there is joy there's a future there's a purpose everything will be okay it's funny if you stop to think about it as you know 17 year old Jonah wrote <laughs> guys the answer is Jesus and may that fill our hearts with the passion and the joy and the life and the hope and the future that we long for if I don't see you on this side of eternity I'll see you around the throne God bless you you have a great day I'll talk to you later